0: Hello and welcome to Midpoint. My guest this week is one of the best-known faces on British TV and also has starred in many brilliant theatre productions, including Sweet Charity, where she was using all of her skills as an actress and singer for a couple of years in the West End. But it is her role as Mel in EastEnders, I think, where she really shot to fame. She was in our living rooms for four nights a week for four years, playing a brilliant character. Of course, it's Tamsin Althwaite. She then went on to be the lead in shows like Red Cap and she, of course, took over from Amanda Redmond in New Trick. She always plays really interesting, ballsy, feisty women. She is a hardworking mum of two and is divorced from the kid's dad, the actor Tom Ellis. So she knows all about the juggle. I met Tamsin. We spent a few weeks in Italy filming this show, which was really quite a challenging show. And I think in an environment like that, when you're thrown together with people, you're either going to get on or you're not. And we bonded really well two women of a certain age with a bit of life baggage who were up for adventure. She is a wise soul, Tamsin. I know you are going to love her as much as I do. I'm delighted we've got Solga on board again this series. They've been hard at work as well, launching a series of new gold standard products, including their new Ultimate Calm and Ultimate Calm Daily, uh, vegan D3 and a tasty new vitamin C effervescent drink, which I can vouch for. So head over to uk and use The Midpoint for your 30% off. OK, let's speak to Tamsin. Tamsin Earthweight, it is so... Brilliant to see you, and I think we should just kind of like lay our cards on the table here uh. and declare we met properly um, while experiencing um, what some might say would be a life-changing experience yes. in the Italian Alps, yes, as part of the um, Wim Hof uh, Freeze, Freeze, Freeze the, the fear. fear yeah show, and um, we can kind of refer back to it, but I think that's kind of a good place to start. Yes, you? well, that was the beginning of our. Friendship. But also, interestingly, kind of both of us very similar age, doing something really out of our comfort zone in midlife, which I think is kind of what I really enjoyed about it actually, that we were pushing ourselves. We were the oldies there, let's be honest, weren't we? Definitely. Well,
2: I was. I'm I'm still quite a bit older than you. Still. <laughs> I'm still, I mean, I haven't gone backwards. I haven't at- I haven't got younger and it's really freaking me out. Um, no. So yeah, we were we were kind of we were the older ones, weren't we? Well I feel like we didn't
0: think we were. But, I still but the, felt like a child. But the younger ones kept pointing out. <laughs> yes <laughs> It was they weren't being rude, but I think they very quickly saw us as kind of two old wise aunts almost. Possibly, do you know what I mean?
2: Although I would say, well, you got the nickname of head girl very early on, which I thought was very kind because actually, what that—that's someone that you all look up to, the head girl, not an annoying head girl. You were that head girl that we all were like, well, what's Gabby doing? What would Gabby do? You know, and that's where be more Gabby for me came from, the Wim Hof experience. But
0: you um, have—I think—you also had this way of solving people's problems, and people came to you. With, with issues and Chelsea in particular wanted you to solve all the relationship kind of questions and conundrums and and you I found you to be so measured in the way you dealt with people like that. It wasn't kind of a, I know best, this is what you should do. Oh, no, but measured is a word that
2: I have never heard describe me. <laughs> measured. Because the, the least thing I feel is like I'm measuring anything. I feel like I'm very spontaneous but I'm trying to be a little bit more
0: measured. Well, you achieve that, I think, there because you didn't go, "I know best." Oh no, that's not that. You know, that's what I mean by measured. It wasn't kind of a case of this is the only way. No, no. And the thing that surprised me about you as well was, <laughs> um, well, first of all, you're one of the funniest women ever. But you, you have a kind of very hippieish spirit. You know what I mean? You have this really lovely. Um, I think there was a bit of yin and yang between us in that respect. And yes. so you, and is that something that midlife has really brought out of you? Or would you I say you've think, always been that way? No,
2: I think I've, I've been that way without realising it. And I think I have embraced it as I've got older, that it's not a negative thing. And especially since not having my mum around, I think that that made me realised that actually this is it's a it's a lovely quality that mm. you've got from your mum because mm. it is definitely from my mum, and um, this quality of going with the flow and not planning very much and being spontaneous, but trying to be in the moment. Mm. I think that all of that is from my mum. So I've only really been able to embrace it over the probably the last ten years. You know, you liked a schedule, you like to know when you were <laughs> Love eating a time breakfast. Table. <laughs> you know? You needed to know that breakfast was at that time, so because you need to work out after that. I wouldn't even think about that. <laughs> that, you know, I'm if I'm gonna work out, I have to work out on an empty stomach, or I would I I, I mean considering my fifty-one years and the amount of knowledge, there there are some basic requirements that I should have bank that should be up there somewhere. But
0: you did say some of that was down to being an actress and yes. that you spend your life kind of at the whim of somebody's kind of a director or producer yeah. deciding it's the right time to film something. So you just have to wait. That's it. And, and I'm talking about when you're on set now. Yeah, not, you're not. right. So So what we're getting this from
2: is when we were in Italy and I suppose not knowing what time you eat not time knowing what time you're going to break for lunch mm. not even know what you're filming you mm. know oh maybe gosh, give, yeah. oh there's been a rewrite and you get given something new and mm. and so i suppose you are in everybody else's hands mm. it's never your decision so it felt quite natural being there and being at everyone else's disposal
0: and right, there it and was then a complete change. anathema to me because yeah. i'm so used to being in control of my agenda and knowing what I'm doing and so the idea that we were then just plonked kind of with loads of clothes in the morning which was you're wearing these we don't know what we're doing that you know I had to really try and kind of get used to that yeah but you did didn't you (laughs) eventually and I have tried to take that from you into the rest of my life I think right go a bit more with the flow i mean my kids will be laughing right now obviously hearing me say that going when did you try and do this mom but i am i am trying to go a bit more with the flow but what was the saying be like water yes and just flow go into the cracks
2: but obviously i am still trying to be more gabby
0: (laughs) and if you saw my bedroom right now you would be horrified. Well, can I just share, <laughs> share with our lovely listeners? Um, when we were in, if you haven't seen this program, well, there were eight of us living in a tent, and we had double beds. It was glamping. We're not. We're oh, not. Absolutely. We weren't roughing it. And we had lovely beds with little bedside tables, and we had a box at the end of the bed. We kept our clothes, and we had a little wardrobe, and. Tamsin very quickly resembled something kind of like a student who had just left home and was loving the idea that her mum wasn't, or dad, wasn't coming along to say, (laughs) clean up. And um, her bed, occasionally when she was having a little nap, I'd go and try and fold things around her bed to tidy it up for her.
2: (laughs) I do sometimes think, gosh, if if Gabby came to my house, if if Gabby came to mine, I'd need a six-week kind of... Well, I'd need to get proper industrial cleaners in. (laughs) You're so funny. Because it's It's like, my mum always used to say, housework is a waste of a woman's time. (laughs) I think what it comes down to is control, isn't it? It's about having control. And I think I've, a long while ago, I let go of that. But there was a time where I felt like I was quite controlling.
0: What were you like when you were married? Yeah. You're obviously divorced now. When you were married, were you different? Oh, I definitely. I feel like a
2: completely different human to then. But I also think that a lot of, you know, I was married for seven years, and for five of those, I had one child. And for the end, at the end of the marriage, you, you know, my ex left when my my youngest was not one. So I had two kids under five on my own. Before that, when we were married, I feel like. There was always some hormonal imbalance going on with childbirth or, Mm. you know, losing miscarriage or whatever and um, not not going full term with babies. So I feel like I was either pregnant, trying to get pregnant, just post-pregnancy. A lot of hormonal changes. A lot of that marriage. Mm. So I wouldn't say that I was the best version of myself, but it has led me to be quite proud of myself in the way that I am as a human being now. And I don't know if I'd have said that then. I was probably less relaxed about what we were just talking about, Mm. less likely to go with the flow, probably slightly wanted to control things slightly more. Mm. And because you have an ideal in your head, don't you, that your marriage and your children and, you know... To be fair, it, you know, from the outside, it, when you're looking in at other people's... Yeah,
0: but every, that's always the case, isn't of it? Of course. When looking in always looks better, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. It? And
2: you don't know what goes no, on behind closed no. doors. But, that you know, during that marriage and, and and our family life, there were times of absolute bliss, mm. you know? I wasn't uh, constantly unhappy. Um We had a really lovely time. But I do think that letting go of the ideal of how it's meant to be is a really big thing. The acceptance Mm. and the willingness to adapt is really important. And the minute I I feel like I let go of it, and what what I feel like now in life is that I'm kind of having a bit of a love affair with myself and definitely my female friends. Yeah,
0: well, get on to your female friends, because that's really interesting as well, I think, how important your girls are to yeah. you and how um, your you know your groups of women yeah. what they bring to you um, but your adaptability and your acceptance I think leads to this very content kind of demeanor that you have very relaxed happy person yes. and you've been really honest even before I met you I've read your I followed you on Twitter and you talk about menopausal symptoms and you've you know been really open about that as well yeah. And that's somebody, you know, people say to me, I can't believe you talk about these things because you're on telly. And, you know, people will think you're... Um, older and they'll look at you differently and and you're an actress which is even worse isn't it because you know talking about sport doesn't really make that much of a difference but when you're an actress and you're going for parts maybe that are a little bit younger or maybe a role where you could still be somebody's you know lover instead of their grandma exactly (laughs) Um, was that ever a consideration that you were going to somehow hamper your career
2: because now I don't feel like it's important to be relevant or important to be at the forefront of drama or television what's really important is to be authentic so if i'm living authentically then whatever comes my way is right for me i feel mm. if i'm not if i'm faking or hiding or mm. masking or then i don't i don't know it's it, it's not going to be a, a, an authentic path and a life that i lead so i feel like i'm at a place where i'm in my own skin, very, very happy. Yes, of course I'd like to not have this bit here and, you know, there's tonnes of that, but that the striving for any form of perfection or even the striving for continual work, I just, I, the gratitude that mm. I feel for even coming this far in this industry is so huge and I feel like, yes, I know I've worked hard, but I've
0: also had luck. But, but also, what you haven't mentioned there, you're obviously great to work with because you hardly ever have a period where you haven't got work, you know. So directors well, and producers like working with you. Other actors and actresses like working with you. So take, you need to just give yourself a little oh, bit of yeah. credit in okay. that respect. You the, know. The, the credit in that respect is I think it shows if you love what
2: you do, and I do love what I do, but...
0: You're professional as well. You don't, you don't expect other people to pick up. Oh, kind no, of, no. You know,
2: because um, I don't feel like this industry owes me Mm-hmm. You know, I That's feel important as well. Isn't yeah, because there's a lot of that. I think. Um, so yeah, I just feel like I've I've done pretty well for myself, considering. Really,
0: considering what? Don't say well, that. that, makes, it, that sounds like a caveat. No, yeah. no. The
2: considering <laughs> thing comes from from where I came from in my life. It wasn't it wasn't a showbiz or a yeah. artistic household. You know, I suppose I just knew early on what I wanted to do and that I loved it. So just went ahead and did an awful lot of kind of... Maybe I was pushy then, I don't know.
0: But that character that you became a household name for in EastEnders... Yeah. It feels like that hasn't been a, a cloak that you've had to wear constantly. It's, everybody would know, oh, yeah, Tamsin was in EastEnders. But there's so many of the things that you've done and brilliant things that you've done that it's not you. Do you know what I mean? It hasn't owned you. Yeah, Mel no, hasn't no. owned you. But Mel was... Kind of revolutionary in many ways. I don't think there's been a character quite like her before or since in EastEnders. You know, well, she, she was, she was a, ballsy. She was and... ballsy, but she's, she wasn't
2: like a caricature of no. an EastEnd woman. No. She, and probably what I loved about her is that she, like young people and old people, liked Mel. Men and women liked mm, Mel. Mm. So, Do you think Mel would be quite hippish and accepting and quite going There was She definitely now. went through a hippie time. <laughs> there was a time where uh, I think my clothing went a bit hippified before I, I owned like a club, a nightclub, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <coughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I loved that, that character. I was I was devastated when I went, mm. but now when I look back I think, oh, that's great because I can't go back. I can't go back. She's dead.
0: Yeah, she's gone. There's no, there's no bringing her out the shower. No, you know, Bobby Ewing style. Although, you could be, you yeah. never know. Um, yeah, you, Martin Kemp. <laughs> You, on a cloud, oh, you also, you'd say things when we were in Italy, and I. This is what I love about actors and actresses who've worked in some, you know, incredible shows. You go, oh yeah, I can shoot a rifle. Oh, I can do this. Oh yeah, I can, I can put a gun together.
2: I can, uh, I can assemble and disassemble a nine millimeter pistol with a blindfold on in nine seconds. Well, I could. Uh, that was because of red cap. Yeah, and an SA eighty
0: rifle. Well, that's what I was going to come to because I started off talking about us pushing ourselves and doing different things and having different experiences. And when you've done a lifetime of things like that, maybe it didn't seem as such a big thing for you to to go to Italy because it's just another kind of thing. no, it was was, huge. It felt to me like almost saying to myself, of course you have to do this because you have to keep pushing yourself into uncomfortable situations.
2: Yes. And also it was a massive thing for me that it wasn't a competition. Me too. So I wouldn't have gone if we were I'd all have been off on week one. Well, <laughs> just the idea of being pitted against each other is not it really... It changed the dynamic. Of course completely. it would. Well, it yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't have been the same show. And no. when you've got Wim Hof, yeah. it is really... I mean, that's right up my street what he practices and preaches. But the cold thing isn't. Mm. So the cold thing was always the thing putting me off. Like, I just don't want to do the cold, but I want to do the breathing and mm. the yoga. Mm. Um, so, yeah... I mean, it so was... We did so much yoga, didn't we? We did not We lots. didn't... I, I could have done some more yoga. <laughs> but to tell you the truth, I was just having the best time having a laugh with everyone. But for me, it was a massive experience that they happened to
0: catch on camera. Yeah. <laughs> and the meeting people yeah. in the stage of our lives, right, where we could quite easily just kind of like go down, I've got my mates, I'll just carry on with these mates. We never would have come together as an eight. Of course eight, not. Right? And how important that is, I think, in midlife to keep... Yeah, not closing forged. yourself off. Yeah. I mean, I always think you can
2: pretty much get on with anyone. The thing is, is we were authentic. We were ourselves. Yeah. And that's sometimes scary, isn't it? Yeah. That you're being yourself
0: in front of loads of people. Because you do wear a, a mask in life, don't you, to a certain extent? Yeah. When you're in a public... Because you don't want everybody to kind of come in, you know what I mean? You yeah. You can't just have that. But I, I think what, one of the things I took from it is that everyone's been through something mm. major,
2: you know? Everyone's had a really intense amount of trauma at some point in their life, whether it's grief or mm-hmm. illness or whatever. Mm. And and to see people just thrive and be victorious, and it might seem like little things like going from not wanting to sit in a ice bucket to getting through that, and, and the depths people went to to mm. go there, just makes me think some people... You know, we don't challenge us ourselves. And mm. some people are armchair critics and sit there mm. and mm. do nothing
0: mm. but criticise everybody else. Mm.
2: And I never want to turn into that no, person.
0: No, no. And that, like you say, that mental fortitude, I think, was really important to me to come away from as well going, you you, you did, did that. that. You pushed yourself in those situations. Yeah. Because, you know, what it's like sometimes in life you do get a little bit comfortable in things. Yes. And actually it's important to keep pushing yourself into challenging mentally physically i don't mean that i want to go and run the marathon to no. or anything like that. you know that's and also if we were
2: to do that again now would you do it like i'm not sure i would knowing what we do, knowing
0: <laughs> what we know now i'm not sure i would have been i um... might have talked myself out of yeah it. yeah you've and this is from the outside looking in you've always seemed to have really valued your female friends oh, yeah. above and beyond that's something that's truly important to you oh they 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 got me through so many dark times
2: but also it's not having people there just for the the low times mm. i really think it's important to be able to cele- celebrate each other properly as well and some people are very good at, at if they see someone a mate that's down or low it makes it just makes them feel a bit better or they feel a bit more useful because they can help. But actually, when you're thriving and celebrating something and you're proud of something, they can't quite cope. Mm. So that happens, I think, in friendships and in family members and stuff. Mm. Whereas what I love about the the friends that, that I have is their willingness to celebrate you as well as be there for you. And I feel like that. I love celebrating them when they achieve amazing things. And we're in this country. We're very good at putting people down, aren't we? Don't let
0: your head get too big. You know, not even allowing a celebration. And, and put, kind of almost coming outside of where you think you're comfortable to them is actually an insult. Why are you leaving us? Do you know what I mean? It's that, yes, it's that sense, I yeah. think. Of like, what's wrong with us here? Why are you not? Yeah, where are you yeah. going? Instead, perhaps, of saying, oh, I'll come with you. I'm where. you Yeah. Know, or you be... go, and when you come back, I'll be... I'll well, still be I'll here I'll still be here. Yeah. yeah. And when you were growing up then, let going back to your childhood in, mm. in the East... Well, well it was where, Essex, really. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm a northerner. So what you've got to understand is that my whole family think anybody from Watford down is a cockney. I know. A cockney. Well, to be uh, fair, <laughs> anyone from Watford up... Is a northerner. ...has gravy on their <laughs> chips. So that's exactly it. So to my family, you'd be a property standard, but you're actually from Essex. Yeah. Um, and that cultural kind of upbringing that you had, how did that play into, you know, getting to Biffy Boots or... Oh, did- well... I do thank my
2: parents for this at the same time as because it has kept my feet on the ground. It actually did work, but there was always a a, a feeling of not celebrating too much or if you'd been in something, you know, there would always be a well, she had a good voice. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she good, you know? And but once you stop once you stop trying to impress or please other people and you realise you're just doing it actually for yourself, mm-hmm. It they then little things that people say, I think, just fall off you then. Mm. But it takes a long time to get there. It's not till you're older that you realise, oh, no, I'm not trying to impress them anymore. No, no. In fact, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's nice that you I've like been it, spending but... <laughs> such a long time, you know, <laughs> just trying to be, like, good enough or trying to make people proud of you and actually when you start to feel proud of yourself and not need anyone's opinions advice it's really important and empowering has
0: that um, informed your parenting yes i suppose there was
2: an awful lot you know in my childhood there was an awful lot of love mm-hmm. like i felt very loved and so 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 secure basically secure yeah. yes mm-hmm. But just you know, they wouldn't be over. They wouldn't overly praise me about anything, and I think I probably overly praise both my kids quite a lot.
0: Is that And maybe, tell them I love them all the time. That's a kind of uh, maybe our generation is a bit but our more. Our generation, like that. Are, yeah, uh, yeah, a bit more praisy. Absolutely, and also the it's balance, isn't it?
2: it is hard to get the balance, isn't but- it? They're going to get out into the big wide world and they're going to be knocked left, right and (laughs) centre by everything and everyone. So in a way, I want these times to be their secure, safe, happy times, because when they get out there, they're going to be, they're going to. I think they start
0: to minus 16, nearly 17. So they start to realise as well when you say something is really good or you value something that they value your opinion. So they know that you really mean it. Yeah. I think when they're younger, you will say this picture incredible when it's clearly not yeah or that you when they're younger absolutely so it becomes a bit more honest and yeah i think honest critiquing as you get older is important for them because absolutely because otherwise they're going to be suspicious of any, Anything. It's a bit anyone. like you know, nothing's ever as good as people think, and nothing's ever as bad as people think. It's no, that, it's that kind of like balance, isn't it? In the middle, and I think especially when you're an actress and oh, you get God. you get literally your critiquing is kind of part of the job, isn't it? Yes. People write their reviews about you. Yes. You must have had to really form a kind of yeah. But it's detachment. always the people closest to you that can hurt you the most because obviously.
2: If yeah. someone close to you says something, if it, you know, mm. reading it on Twitter or in a, in a newspaper... Yeah, you can close that down. You can, yeah. you can just say, well, you know, mm. everyone's got an opinion. Mm. And, I also think sometimes, you know, family members say things because they want to make sure they're still affecting you.
0: Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. You, and it doesn't... It, not anyone in particular, but they... they it's almost like a sh- shock tactic... Yeah. And so it, someone will say something and see if you get riled about it. And if you come from, like, an area like I do, we grew up, like, all ribbing each other, yeah. you know, taking the mick. And it was quite male-orientated. So I used to, when, when I'd go, when I first, like, started acting and I suppose, EastEnders days, when I went home to see my family, if it was a big family event, I used to get a shield on actually physically feel like I was putting it on to deal with the, you the know. The chops if that were coming, literally, yeah, the kind of... The, the chops. The sledging that was the, yeah. about to happen. And now I surround myself with people that just are very kind and open... Mm. and don't want to constantly
0: dig at you. Yeah. And then when there is a moment to have a little bit of that. Oh, the, the banter's still yeah, strong. Um because that forms such a solid base of humor in this country, doesn't it? Absolutely. All of that. So how's your energy, Tamsin, oh, Generally. Uh generally,
2: mm, I would say I can feel absolutely on top of everything and I can run a marathon. I can't, but, you know, you feel like one good, yeah. week mm-hmm. and then literally the following week I'm getting into bed at 8 o'clock every night and I still am struggling to wake up at 7 or 6. I'm just going so with it. So
0: shall we bring in today's expert who yes. might be able to help us to get more consistent energy? And we're going to do that
1: right now. Gabby, Jasmine, Hi. Hi, it's really good to to speak to you.
0: And I want to know uh, why you have written the book Energize. Where does your uh, energy experience come from? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. Well, when I made the transition from being in a corporate world to being an entrepreneur, what I realized is that the bigger and bolder our goals and dreams are, the more energy we need uh, to accomplish them. And part of my part of my journey was going through burnout in the corporate world and understanding that when I didn't have the energy, I couldn't achieve or do the things that I wanted to do. And so until I made that my priority, I realized that I I couldn't make progress. And so by really focusing on my physical, my mental, my emotional and spiritual energy, um, I suddenly had the ability to focus on what mattered most. And uh, the reason I thought you'd be really interesting to a midpoint audience, Simon, is I think
0: a lot of people think they're kind of reaching burnout when it gets to this age. There's this perfect confluence, isn't there, of children getting you know older, parents getting older and needing looked after, potentially relationships also under a lot of strain for other reasons, whether it's health or um, you know financial reasons, and energy just feels to kind of dissipate. Just Dis- you know, it, it's, it, it feels like we've almost got like a, a pot of energy and we've used it all up. So. What are, the, what are the things that you learned that people listening can adopt and adapt into their lives very quickly?
1: Sure. Well, I think the main understanding about energy is how to protect it. You know, There's some obvious things that we can do to elevate our energy, both from a physical and mental perspective. For example, getting sufficient rest because no productivity hack, tip or trick will help you unless you have sufficient rest and sleep. Eating healthier, moving your body, And from a mental side, understanding that slowing down is a superpower. However, what we fail to appreciate is how important it is to protect that energy. You know, what happens is that as our lives get busier, we're giving away our time to everyone and everything without looking after ourselves first. And I don't think we can help others until we understand how important it is to help ourselves first. Uh, And that is becoming an increasingly problem because we're so distracted with more notifications than we've ever had and more demands on our time. That sounds kind of straightforward, but it's not always that easy, is it? When you've got
0: so many people who need you and want you, how do you, how do you cull, you know, how do you go? That's not important. How do you work that
1: out? Well, I think part of it comes down to understanding how to say no gracefully, uh, Mm. because Mm. we can be so afraid to say no because we have the impression that we're letting someone down uh, mm-hmm. That were are not living up to our obligations. But the thing is, we can't really help others until we help ourselves. It's like the, it's like the analogy of the uh, the airplane. When you board a plane, you have this security briefing and health and safety. In that, they say that in case of an emergency, put your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. Mm-hmm. And that is because mm-hmm. if we try and help everyone first without putting on our own oxygen mask, eventually we will run out of oxygen. But if we attend to yeah. ourselves first, we can then help as many people as we want. And and that's why it's important to understand how we can say no in a graceful way that shows respect and kindness.
2: Oh, gosh, this is so exactly how I feel a l- awful lot of the time, especially with women of this age. I, f- I feel like, because it does seem to fall, well, historically to the girls in family, maybe – being like that sandwich generation where Mm. you're looking after parents as well as young kids Mm. and you're in the middle of it. Mm. I still feel like I'm doing that. But I also, if I'm not doing that very well, I feel a bit like I need to be helping someone or a cause or something. I can't just look after myself first. It's
1: just the balance. Everything's balance, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that... uh it is about balance, but it's also understanding that uh, we want to thrive in life, not just survive. And, you know, if we are giving our energy away to everything and everyone, eventually we're going to burn out. And so we do have to have some sort of balance. And how that balance looks for each of us will be different depending on our circumstances uh, and our lifestyle. And I, I can relate to to what you shared just now about being asked to get involved in charity work or Uh, In my case, sometimes serve on committees or be involved in projects. And sometimes I just have to respond with, thank you so much for considering me for this opportunity. Unfortunately, it has to be a no for now. But please understand how grateful I am for you thinking of me for this. I don't take that lightly. And I think when we present it in a way like that, we are able to give them that respect of, well, thank you for considering me. Do think about me in the future again. But for now, that has to be a no.
0: Yeah, but I think what I, mean, I I agree with you, that sounds like, but I don't know about you, Tams, I do that. And then they come back and say, oh, are you sure? We'll make it as easy as possible for you. And I go, okay, then. Yes, always. <laughs> absolutely. That's exactly what I do. And then about a month later, I go, oh, why did I say yes to that? I'm now so yeah. busy this week. And now I've got to go across the other side of town to this event. And I've, you know, but yes. then I come away from it, Simon, and think I'm glad I did that. Yes, absolutely. So, and then it, it can be energy giving sometimes, yes. can't
2: it? I mean, at the moment, I, I'm, I keep seeing ideas that people are coming up with for fundraising for Ukraine, and it has become like a little bit of an obsession of like finding things that I wore on a red carpet and I'm going to auction this and I'm going to do this. And then, and in a way, I suppose, it, it, it's, it, a lot of it is distraction techniques mm. to stop yourself from slowing down. Mm. Like yeah. being useful and helpful and charitable and, and to, to all and sundry stops you having to slow down.
0: I think that what sometimes, I don't know about you, Simon, I think the thing that comes to my mind is something that somebody um, once said to me. In fact, it was John Barnes, a footballer, when I worked at ITV with him and I was really busy and I didn't even have kids in, I think. And he said, oh, Gabby, do you know what happens if you don't go to that thing? The world keeps turning. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like basically saying, you're not that, it's not it's that, not that important. important. Yeah. And I think it's useful to, sometimes remember that yes and think actually would an early night or would um you know would a little bit of self-care yeah. make me more productive in the long run yes and that's that's, that's thing, what is the nub of all this simon isn't it to try and embrace but you don't it. like letting people down no
2: and i think that that is something that's in you and and generally saying no would probably serve you a, a bit better a Few More No's.
0: Yeah. That's is it. Is it, a
1: few, is it Should your book be called A Few More No's, <laughs> Simon? <laughs> well, there's certainly a part in there that that speaks to that, Gabby. And, uh, you know, when we do slow down, and, and it's something that many of us have had the experience of doing in the last couple of years when we had no choice but to slow down because we couldn't go outside and we couldn't do some mm-hmm. of the things that we took for granted before COVID struck. And what many of us discovered is that when we slow down, there is there is actually wisdom in the silence. That silence is far from empty. It is full of answers. And we -hmm. have to keep in mind that everything we say yes to, we are also at the same time saying no to something else. And the question is, are you saying no to the very thing that can actually help you move forward and serve you in where you want to be?
0: Yeah, that's a good question as well, I think, isn't it? yeah. And then as you point out, that period where we had that solitude, I became so much more productive in other ways because sometimes your brain needs space. Yes.
2: To... I mean, I just think it's so overwhelming, generally, life at the moment Um, to come out of the solitude and the the lockdown. And we're all still trying to get our lives back together, I think, that what goes on now on a day-to-day basis is overwhelming to the max. Mm. And what I've learned from lockdown is med- without meditation, I wouldn't be able to have the rest of my day Mm. so like last night I did a 20 minute meditation and even if it's just breathing Mm -hmm. it just makes me feel like oh there I I am
0: I've carried on the wind breathing yeah not not on a daily basis but when I need it I feel like that that has been a really good purposeful proactive thing in my life to kind of keep me energized in and so I guess it's finding your tools Simon to be energised
1: Indeed, indeed, and what works for some of us may not always work for others. And so, Tamzin, you mentioned meditation, and meditation is powerful, and there's a reason why so many people champion this activity, because not only does it help us to understand ourselves better, but it grounds us in the present moment. And I'm not sure if you've come across this performance art by Marina Abramovich, but she did this event at the Museum of Modern Art in New York a number of years ago, in which she sat at a table opposite an empty chair, and invited the audience one at a time to sit opposite her. It was a silent opera, if you will, and it was just you sitting opposite this artist, no speaking, just eye contact for as long as you wanted. And there were people sitting there anywhere from a few seconds to a few hours. And men and women got up, cried, went through emotional roller coasters, and when Marina was asked about... The purpose of this art, she said she wanted to remind people of how important it is to be present, to understand the beauty around us that we fail to appreciate when we're so busy in the everyday. Yes,
0: uh. I saw it. It was very, very intense. Um, I'm going to have to go check that out. Simon, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing that with us and uh, good luck with the book. And um, have, a, have a very energy filled and wonderful day. Thank
1: you so much again for having me, Gabby.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Simon. Thank you. Take care, Simon. Bye.
2: I I think it's to do with consequence. A lot of it is understanding consequence. Yes. Because I don't think I really understood the power of consequence (laughs) for a very long time in life. (laughs) I think consequences... Because you live in the moment. Yes, but now I've worked out that actually... If I do that today, I'm going to feel rubbish tomorrow. Or if I don't do that
0: today, I'm going to feel yeah. Well, there's a really like brutal sportsman's kind of mantra, which is, are you doing something today that is going to make you better tomorrow? Yes. And it's that kind of because obviously sportsmen and women want to kind of constantly improve. And you can't live your life completely that way. Well, that's not in the moment at no, all. No, exactly. But there is a little bit of that I think in my mind that I remember, oh, yeah. which is about consequence. Yeah, but if you it? were a sports person, yeah, yeah and of but then you in normal life, being a normal kind of you know human being and not being an elite sports because elite sports people are extreme. You know, they have twelve hours sleep. Everybody's on hand to make sure their massage, their muscles are perfect. Everything's brilliant, and it's a brilliant life for a short period of time, right? Because you are focusing on the thing that you absolutely... And that's why often they struggle to adapt into into normal Normal life, life. you know. But the the, the, the actual compromise that they... Oh, the things that
2: they... The the things they can't do. Do,
0: yeah. And you use that that word very well, actually, because they would say, because people go sacrifice and they have to understand it's not a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice, it's a compromise.
2: But, you know, that happens also in... All sorts of lines yeah. of work. It's just that I remember there were times where I'd be doing eight shows a week you know, in a, a and you know a Sunday would come I'd have one show, one day off and singing ten songs and dancing in sweet charity and I had a year and a half year old and I'd be going, mummy can't talk. <laughs> so that's not fun, is it? No, for a, no, a, no. A toddler <laughs> no. when mummy's home for one day, but well, her vocal we'll cords. To do flashcards. Yes. <laughs> so we're going just sit down. Um, and, so and I do feel you do like that for? was, that was a whole year of my life, which does feel like it was a wonderful, um, professional step and experience, but I do somewhere feel like I wouldn't be able to do that again. Mm. Not now. Um, but there are people that do that all the time, you yeah. know, that have to be careful of their voices and... And it's the same with like if you're doing, if you're in a a show that films away, you're you're missing weddings, you're missing family, Mm -hmm. big do's, you know, funerals, all sorts of stuff because you have taken on this career. But with sports people, I think it's even more intense. Yeah, yeah. You can't, I mean, my... Physically, mentally, emotionally, I mean what you're eating, what you're Mm. drinking, what temperature you're sitting in.
0: Mm. And also, you're not really in control because there are so many people whose kind of lives and careers depend on you doing well. And they're inputting all the time. So pressure. Yeah, and it's an enormous pressure. It's learning how to deal with that and be a balanced person. And I think when you're around that environment all the time... It's very easy to think that that's you know because I mean I that's the norm yeah and so that's where I have to sometimes go step out a little bit and stop being a team manager and be a mum. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that team manager serves that mum very well. <laughs> yeah, but there's a balance, isn't there? There is. And I think that's what Simon's book is probably going to end up kind of telling us all, isn't it? That there's yeah, a balance. That there is energy. a balance. But I think
2: doing the Wim Hof thing, uh, being around three sports people, in like Chelsea, you, Patrice and i spent a lot of time with you 3 the discipline was rubbed off on me and i loved it
0: mm, yeah. i mean i
2: really liked what it did for me the version of me that was there and how, i just wish i had
0: brought it back with me you did you did say cuz you used to be you used to doing a lot of exercise a lot of training yeah and, and i've really let it go and and when you since you've got back have you um got into it more not really no
2: to be fair i'm I will count my steps and I will walk and walk and power walk. Mm. Mm. I don't believe Walking's in...
0: Walking's amazing. Walk, yeah. Quick walking is amazing. Yeah,
2: but I, I don't believe in, like, meandering.
0: No, And no. I read the
2: other day that people who walk fast live longer. Did they you do. see that? Yes, I saw that. I sent that to and Kenny. And I was like,
0: see? Your telomeres... Because along,
2: yeah. everyone says to me, "Can you just slow
0: down?" Yes, I know I can't why? keep up. I know I love walking, quickly. I love walking um, quickly, and I like walking as a mode of transport. So therefore, oh, I yeah. want to get there a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, so, so
2: you do yoga, though, don't you? Yeah, you love your yoga. I do, but I haven't gone back to hot yoga, and you know, which is really cardiovascular
0: mm, and flow. Looking
2: after your body as an actress is really important as well, though, isn't it? Because of your it is, but I have a, a bit of an adverse reaction to it because. When you watch lots of things on television and in film, yes, people look in proportion. But if you saw those people in real life, there is a definite kind of the head is big mm-hmm. and they are really tiny. Oh, yeah. I've met tiny. a lot of
0: like, Hollywood actresses yeah. I've seen up close whose bodies, I mean, they're they're minute people. Yes. And they don't look like that on screen.
2: No. so So you know that it puts weight on when you're mm. watching television. But my whole feeling with that was... I, unless I'm playing someone that's anorexic, or playing somebody that's really ill, or playing someone where in the script it says they're particularly skinny, I'm not going to be able to maintain that. Yeah, it's not a healthy life. No, because no. that's drinking broth and lemon water in the morning and no solids almost. I mean, that is a really unhealthy diet. Yeah, and and how do you get the energy?
0: We're talking about energy to to actually do the work. I think it always amazes me how those. People can survive well, day after day. Well, it's probably
2: really just your career. Mm. There isn't much room for much else. Maybe I don't know, mm. but I do. You think can't do it forever, though. And be no, well. I mean, if you if you if you're filming a two month job and it specifically says, you know, this person should be a size mm. eight, then you you'd work yourself up to it, mm. but then it would just go straight
0: after. I just love food too much,
2: <laughs> as you us, know.
0: It gives us so much joy. Food was all we had in that tent to look forward to, even though yeah. the food wasn't. The best ever. No,
2: it wasn't for it, Italy. They yeah, weren't my we were my favourite We were expecting
0: um, a kind of very, you know, a great gastronomic experience. It's amazing how those junctions of the day, even breakfast, were so important, weren't they? To, to, to you. <laughs> well, we all know about my breakfast. <laughs> um,
2: but I, I'm not a breakfast person, so no, I no. started off... Like, never having breakfast, just coffee, and then I'd Mm. wait till lunch. But, of course, then when we started doing things like swimming under ice and stuff, I was
0: like, give me everything. Yeah, well, I think the calories were important when we were sitting around in ice, literally sitting (laughs) in ice. Um, The one thing I have have got to do with you is I ask the listeners for uh, midpoint moments, things that they know that they're in midpoint because they experience these things. And I can't read them all out, but we've got a couple of good ones here. So I just want your reaction to these. Um... Well, one's quite, this is quite serious, actually. And you, I don't know whether you've seen this with girlfriends or you've seen this with, this is Vicky Anstey says, realising I spent too long in a limiting relationship that I needed to live a different life. And boy, has she done that. She's, uh, she was on SAS, Who Dares Wins? She's uh, rode the Pacific. um, Wow. And all these things have come um, post-relationship change, um, which is, I think, a really important one, isn't it? Yeah. If your relationship is limiting you.
2: Yes. Well, that's a, Feeling of being trapped, isn't it? Mm. Of feeling like I'm not, I'm not living my best life. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean that to me is. It sounds almost Shirley Valentine, but you know, people say that for a reason because mm. that actually does happen to you in midlife. Yeah. You go, okay, this is where I am. Mm. Am I actually experiencing? Am I sucking
0: the marrow? Yeah and she certainly she is, is now. now yeah um and Wendy Watson i think she's she's a she's a comedian actress okay. um who um says the moment i realized age is not a barrier and signed up for an msc at the age of 48 which i love because I keep going online looking at courses of various things going oh but I'll be too old when that signs up I'll be, I'll be 50 I'll be you no. know um, and I love that one
2: but but because years ago we used to think of a 50 year old woman like in a rocking chair when I was young like knitting didn't you yes like oh yeah someone old with a yeah. hair and a white bun <laughs> wearing flow.
0: beige clothes yeah and, and
2: now 50 is like it's sexy it's it's so many things yeah. I mean my 50 year old mates I, I look at them and when you say your age it's like No, no, I know. Because we still feel like we're in our
0: 30s. (laughs) This is a funny one. Uh, Sarcium. uh, Dentist tried to show me my receding gums, but she had to wait whilst I put my glasses on. (laughs)
2: But that, that's a—that's like, it's a, a shorthand that we all know. Yeah. Is it? Just you, pull your glasses. Y- yeah, get your, your glasses. give that to me. I can't see my phone properly. <laughs> and it still ma- it makes me laugh now because... Yeah, because
0: yeah. I actually, at first when I first thought I needed to have glasses to read, I thought, oh, excellent. I've got some, I can do something fashiony with them. Yeah. And now I've got them all over the place. Oh, and, you know, know, they're always getting lost. And um, finally, um, I like this one as well. Lynn Dot Sharrick says, wearing trainers with everything was her midpoint moment. But that Lynn, I think is not only are we lucky that we're in an, an era where trainers are really cool yeah and there are lots of you've got amazing funky flat boots on today yeah and we can wear like those trainers literally with dresses yeah and it's that's i mean thank god we don't know, have to wear like, like pencil skirts and heels all day long no, like, like they did in the 60s <laughs> i know but don't you
2: feel like now at this age like you you like you i feel like Everyone around me of this age are sexier, but they're trying much less Mm. hard to be sexy. Yes. They're much more relaxed, but they've got a sense of knowing wisdom that's really quite intriguing and very attractive and I think very that's, attractive.
0: that um, that is why Tamsin you grow out with a man who's 20 years younger oh, than you are <laughs> we don't have to yeah. we don't have to go into no, that right fine. now uh, but but that no that yeah. is though because and i I really d- have never
2: felt sexier and I think that's because he really somehow gets that about me that I'm in a stage in my life where I'm really comfortable and I'm really happy and I adore him. We have a wonderful time. But if he wasn't around, I wouldn't be in the corner, on the floor, sliding down walls, crying. I would still have my complete life. And he just enhances that and that's
0: what's lovely. Oh, I think that seems like the perfect place to finish because he'll just take that little snippet and he'll just play it back to himself. He'll run with it. (laughs) I knew it would be an absolute joy sitting here and uh, sucking the marrow out of midlife. Sucking the marrow out of the midlife. (laughs) Thank you, Tamsu. Thanks for having me. You're going to like Tamsin, and if you haven't seen her on Frozen and Fearless with Wim Hof, I suggest you check her out on the iPlayer. She's funny, smart, kind, wise, and as you can hear, very entertaining. One of the main reasons I'm glad I threw myself off high things and got very cold for a few weeks while filming Frozen and Fearless. Um, a handful of things I would say I took away from that, including uh becoming friends with Tamsin and uh, thank you to Simon Alexander Ong for reminding us that sometimes we have to take care of ourselves to have the energy we need for others and other projects Uh, speaking a lot of sense there Simon and his book of course Energise is out now I really love that aircraft oxygen analogy. That's kind of stayed with me, I think. Uh, Thank you so much to Solgar again for being on board. Don't forget the Midpoint is the code you need for 30% off. So check out their website. Thank you for listening and being part of the Midpointer crew as well. And don't forget, I love hearing your Midpoint moments. So keep sharing those with me on Instagram. I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye bye.